What's going on, y'all? It's D'Angelo Paladino. Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast. Make sure you hit that like button. Hit the subscribe as well. You know what I'm saying? Show the support. Show the love. Today, we're going to talk about the reason why school did not teach you anything about finances. Okay? We're also going to, I'm also going to share with you guys some, some financial tips. You know what I mean? Which is important. So let's get right into it. So we're going to go right into this video. All right. So it literally says why schools don't teach financial education. All right. So let's get into it. Then I'm going to, you know, obviously share, share some, uh, some of my, some of my um, ideas and, and things like that. Um, but let's, let's, let's start the video. Let's get into it, man. Let me, uh, let me actually fix the, the thing too. Cool. Let's get it. Periodic tables, times tables, Shakespearean fables, all staples in our education system. But wait a minute, have we been fooled? How come financial education doesn't come up when we're schooled? I don't want a nation of thinkers, I want a nation of workers. Those are the words of John D. Rockefeller, widely regarded as the richest American of all time. Yes, even richer than Jeff Bezos. Clearly, Rockefeller would far rather have a bunch of mindless workers to employ and manipulate than having intelligent entrepreneurs to compete against him. This mentality acted as the foundation for the current education system in America and indeed the globe, a system designed to condition students from a young age to sit down, shut up, do as they're told and perform repetitive tasks for eight hours per day. Well-rounded intelligent citizens are difficult to control. The more intelligent you are, the more likely you will know what the real issues are and that you are being fed, pardon the pun, a bunch of BS by a bunch of, shall we say, degenerate psychopaths. As Albert Einstein said, never confuse education with intelligence. Being highly educated oftentimes means being highly educatable. This is not to say that all education is brainwashing, of course, but people who excel in school do so because they are highly trainable and therefore more susceptible to influence. Add to this the cognitive blinders that come from being labeled as smart, I believe in that you are too intelligent to be fooled, and it's little wonder that academia has turned into an ideological, robotic production line. Your behaviors, you don't realize it, but you are being programmed. It was unintentional, but now you gotta decide how much you're willing to give up, how much of your intellectual independence. And don't think, oh yeah, not me, I'm fucking genius, I'm at Stanford. You're probably the most likely to fucking fall for it. <laughs> Because you were fucking checkboxing your whole goddamn life. No offense, guys. The aim of the education system is not to produce a well-rounded populace, but to reduce as many individuals as possible to the same safe level of awareness, to suppress originality, to discourage critical thinking and imagination. Then there is the dumbing down of an entire generation. You and I come from a period where where hip-hop had a purpose. It wasn't oh, just yeah. a lifestyle, it wasn't, and it was a lifestyle, and it was a, it was a cultural phenomenon, but um, Public Enemy, yeah. um, KRS, all those guys. What's, what's the health of, of hip-hop now? Uh, is, is it, it, the music itself is healthy, but have we lost 
We have. We've lost a lot of the, the attention. People aren't mad anymore. Yeah, well, the content has gone down. At one time, cultural movements such as hip-hop were actually used to push positive messages to the youth, including the importance of financial independence and ownership. Now, not so much. As well as this, we have a whole generation addicted to the dopamine loops of social media, many of which are effectively state-run spying apps. Is this really appropriate for the progress of our civilization? particularly in the 21st century. In 1902, the General Education Board was created after John D. Rockefeller donated an initial $1 million, and he would later give over $180 million to fund the GEB. The GEB provided major funding for schools across America and was very influential in shaping the current education system. I close with a quote from Frederick Gates, Rockefeller's business advisor and a prominent member of the GEB. In our dream, we have limitless resources and the people yield themselves with perfect docility to our molding hand. We shall not try to make these people or any of their children into philosophers or men of learning. We shall not search for embryo, great artists, painters, musicians, nor lawyers, doctors, preachers, politicians, statesmen, of whom we have an ample supply. The task we set before ourselves is very simple as well as a very beautiful one, to train these people as we find them to a perfectly ideal life just where they are. Now, I don't know if you've caught it or not, okay? And literally, <clears throat> what he said was, we don't want a nation of thinkers. So, now, I might be different than, than other people, but <clears throat> I remember when I, was a, when I was a kid, kid, bro, like, I'm talking like elementary school. I would be confused as to why I'm sitting in a classroom for that long and I can't really even talk. I can't really even conversate. I can't collaborate. I can't use resources to actually determine what the answer is. Right now that I'm older, I'm like, bro, like literally <clears throat> life is all about collaborating. Life is all about using your resources to determine an answer, to find more things. OK. In terms of your finances, they don't they don't want you to to learn these things. They, the thing is, is you go, you go your entire childhood, your entire middle school or elementary school, middle school, high school, and you don't learn anything about finances. You learn, you learn the Pythagorean theorem. You learn algebra. You learn, you learn all of these things, right, just to simply not use them at all when you come into adulthood. All of the things that you need to know into adulthood, you have to learn through trial and error. Unless you have someone that is able to teach you these things and tell you what's really important, you won't really have the understanding. And that's why a lot of, of former athletes, and especially with the world that we live in now, we come into, into adulthood and we don't really even understand our left from our right. The mistakes that I made going through the, the first year or two, three years after my career had ended, was, was, it was insane. I was making all kinds of, of decisions financially that did, was not in my benefit. OK, now I looked online to see um, see what the reasons were. OK, because they're not going to tell you on especially on Google. They're not going to tell you the truth. They're not going to tell you these things as to why they're keeping you in, into the same box while you're still learning the same thing that they were teaching in the 1800s. OK, so it says here online, it says the re reason number one is lack of funding. OK, the reason number two is lack of time. Reason number three is lack of qualified teachers. Reason number four 
is lack of standardized curriculum. So when they, he implemented this stuff and, and to say, okay, this is what we want these kids to learn, it's not really that you're learning anything that's valuable. You're learning things that are going to make sure that you're able to sit in a room for eight hours a day and, and attend to someone that's telling you what to do, to attend to someone to tell you when to go to the restroom when you can't. I remember looking back in, in, in time, in times when I had an upset stomach or, you know, I had to pee really bad because I was drinking a lot of water because obviously as an athlete, you have to drink a gallon a day of water. Okay, so I remember that time, uh, I think I was like a junior in, in high school, and I was like, man, I got to make sure I drink a gallon of water every single day. I got to make sure I, you know, take care of my body. And literally was not able to go to the restroom when I needed to go. Now, how that translates into the world and w- what they're trying to do is to teach you how to be a worker, to teach you how to be obedient. Okay, so that's why, that's literally why we didn't learn any of this stuff. I work a nine to five job right now. And I still literally have to tell them when I'm going to the restroom. I, the, my first job, I worked at AEP. I, I was on a uh, customer service job, you know, taking phone calls all day. And I, if I was in the bathroom for too long, I'd go in the bathroom, like, you know, upset stomach, whatever, be in there for five minutes. Hey, D'Angelo, you, you're, you know, you've been un- not available for, you know, five plus minutes. Is everything okay? Yeah, I'm just having an upset stomach. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be back on, you know, when I can. What do you mean when you can? You see what I mean? So literally what it's teaching you is to sit in front of in, in, in something, okay, in, in, this, in this term, at your job, sit in there, make sure that you do what you need to do throughout, throughout the day, do repetitive tasks on command, be obedient, and that's, that's literally why you go through the schooling. I would be, dude, I would be like, I would literally be in, in elementary school like, bro, like, why, is, why am I doing this? Why is any of this stuff important? In third grade, I had missed I had missed the whole second like, so we had to take this test. It was called um like the OHAA or something like I don't remember what it was called. Okay, and it was like this end of the school year test in Ohio, and I had to take the test. After I took the test, I said, "All right, cool. I ain't going back." Okay, I ain't going back. Ended up not going back to school. So I st- so it was like that last portion was the multiplication tables. So I didn't even know I didn't know I still to this day I'm not good at the mul- multiplication tables. But that's literally how it started out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, like I ain't going back. I already took the test. I'm going to the next grade. Why do I, why do I need to do this? But it's just crazy to me, these reasons, okay? Lack of funding. So they're putting all of the funding that they have into these pointless classes, into these pointless curriculum, into things that aren't going to make you a better person and to make you a thinker. It's going to make you a better worker. So lack of funding. And it says one of the primary reasons why schools don't teach financial education is due to limited funding. Financial education programs are not always prioritized. Hmm. And schools must allocate their resources to meet the basic needs of students, such as textbooks, classroom supplies and technology. Huh. So so they're they're not prioritizing the financial education. Simply because they want you to go into debt. They want you to, to, to take on more debt and not really know what you're doing with money because th- that pays them more. When you think of the ladder that comes down, you start to understand. It's not like, like let's say like in a business, okay? In a business, you have your, your workers, you have your management, you have the executives, you have the board, okay? So it all comes down, okay? So the board are the people who are like making all of the decisions that are going to affect the people at the bottom, all the people under them. You see what I mean? 
So you have the people who are the leaders of the world. In this case, it was uh, jo- it was uh, John D. Rockefeller. He made a decision. He's like, bro, we don't need anyone competing with us. We don't need anyone that thinks outside of the box. We need people that are going to sit there and do what they're told. So let's make it illegal for them not to go to school. And let's give them a, feed them a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with what they want to do in life or nothing that's going to help them and make them successful in terms of this level that I'm on. OK, it says also lack of time. Say, OK, so it says another reason why schools don't teach financial education is due to curriculum requirements. Schools must follow strict guidelines that leave little time for additional topics like financial education. It can be challenging for teachers to fit in additional subjects when there is already so much to cover in a little amount of time. Do you see? It's all it's all indoctrination. It's all it's all mind mind games. If you've seen the thumbnail, that's why I put the TV with the spirals in the middle. Because they're they're training you. They're making you into what they need you to be. They're making you a pawn. They're making you somebody who has to do what they're told and messes up along the way with their finances. There's no reason why they shouldn't be teaching you this, this stuff in school, teaching us this stuff in school. There's no reason why you should have to get a higher education and, and actually be put in finance classes to learn financial education or go online and learn financial education. But no one even still to this day, I had to learn on my own to do taxes. That should be something that's taught in school, okay? So it says also lack of qualified teachers. It says teaching financial education effectively requires specialized knowledge and training that many teachers may not have. Teachers may not feel confident teaching financial education or may not have access to the resources necessary to teach the subject effectively. I could teach financial education to the kids, the basics, you see what I mean? The basics, all you got to do is teach them the basics. They don't need to learn everything about finances. They don't need to learn how to invest in, in, invest money or anything like that. They just need to learn how to, they need to learn what rent is. They need to learn how to budget. They need to learn how to take, you know, their how to do their taxes. They need to learn how to do multiple things that are basic necessities. You have people out here going to jail because they don't do their taxes because they, maybe they don't know how to, or maybe they're, they're afraid to because I know, I know, for a fact, people are out there afraid to do taxes because they don't know how to do them. Or they just don't even know what taxes are. They just work, right? I worked at um at Buffalo Wild Wings, okay? And literally, I was there, I was there for like a couple weeks, you know what I mean? And they were they were doing me dirty there. Okay, which is not new. I generally have issues with jobs. I always have. But they were doing me dirty there. And like the tips were confusing me. Because when you have when you or a server, you do taxes differently. You have to actually determine how much tips you have. You know what I mean? You have to mark all of your numbers down. Okay? It's, it's absolutely insane. So they don't teach you any of this stuff. They just kind of just let you go. And they say, oh, if he messes up, we're going to take him to jail. It also says lack of standardized curriculum. And as you saw, literally, it's John D. Rockefeller's implemented system that he invested all of this money into to keep us all the same. The most successful people in the world are people who are not like everybody else. If you haven't noticed that, my goal is to be like no one else. 
You know, I did drop out school. I did, I did, I did not go back to school. You know what I'm saying? I don't really want to go back because as I'm getting older and I'm, I'm starting to understand that the school is literally something that keeps you in the same box. It keeps you in the same box as everybody else. And my goal is not to be like everybody else. And that should be your goal as well, G. You should be, you should wake up in the morning and understand that you are of yourself and of God. And the, and the, the system that they put you in, the box that they put you in is not of you. All right. So it says, finally, there is no standardized curriculum to the financial education, making it difficult for schools to know what to teach. There are many different approaches to financial education, and it can be challenging for schools to choose the best methods for their students. Insane. This and bro, like they, they have they have board meetings. They have all of these things. You're telling me that you can't fit in one single class to teach the masses how to take care of their finances. From elementary school to, to middle school to high school. There was a portion where we learned like what a, a, a penny was, you know, what I'm saying a quarter, a dime, all that. stuff. we learned all of that stuff. Right. So if we can if we can get taught that how to spend the money, then we need to be taught how to manage the money. And that's that's where the disconnect is coming from. And that's where that's where all of my frustration comes from. And my thing is, I don't want to see you guys put in this this position. To where I was, dude, I was in all kinds of debt because I didn't understand it. Got credit cards and was just blowing money. The last thing I want to see y'all do is make the mistakes that I did. And that's why I'm here today. I'm never going to leave. I'm always going to be here. Right. And we're getting better every single day. Okay, so we're going to share some I'm going to share some important financial tips with y'all. Okay, that school never taught you. That school never taught you. I'm going to teach you right now. Okay, first is obvious. Okay, but the thing is, is as I said, we've never taught this stuff. Okay, spend less than you make. G. Plain and simple. Spend less than you make. If you make this much, spend this much. That's literally the first thing. Second thing is budgeting. Okay. Budget, budget your money. There, there are multiple ways to budget. There's, there's the envelope method, there's zero-based budgeting, and there's the 50-30-20 rule. I'm sure there's more, but these are the main ones. 50-30-20 rule is the main one that I do. It's the main one that I do. And I'm, I'm going to share the screen with y'all um, so, so we can see it here. Let me, uh, let me add this to the screen. Just because I want you guys to be able to see exactly what this stuff is without having to actually research it on your own now if you want to research it on your own that's cool but i'm going to be the guide here um to give you guys this information let me share the tab add to the screen goodness gracious boy my bad y'all add to the screen bow let me see if i can make this a little bit bigger for y'all i don't know if y'all can see that All right, cool. So, boom, four easy budgeting methods, okay? So, so the first one, like I said, 50, 30, 20. The main points you need to focus on right here is 50% of your budget is for needs, 30% is for what you want, and 20% towards savings. Now, this is, what, this is generally what I do. This is, this is generally what I do. I haven't seen any, any problem with it, okay? Then there's the envelope, envelope budgeting. That's where you just put cash in the envelope. Then the zero uh, base budget, type A. So literally, like you just every single dollar that you make, everything goes to, towards something. 
There's not a single dollar left. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna have this uh this link down in the description below for you guys. Make sure you hit the like button. You know what I mean? Please hit the like button. Show me some love. Push this thing up into the algorithm because we're doing great things over here. All right. So budgeting with variable income it has all this stuff on here. So I'm gonna make sure that I link you guys uh this down in the description. All right. So I'm gonna stop sharing that with you. Then the next thing you need to do is create a emergency fund. Okay. Create an emergency fund. Literally, it's for anything that, that might come up, whether that's your car getting messed up, whether that's your phone breaking, whether that's your, your, your house gets flooded. You never know. Anything could happen. Your clothes get stolen. Anything could happen. You have to make sure that you have an emergency fund. Make sure you have money put away. If you don't make that much, that's cool. Just put $5 in there, $10 in there, $20 in there, whenever you can. Because what, what you'll do is you'll tend to spend the money because that li literally that's what we're taught. We're, that's what we are taught in school is to spend money and go into debt. We're not taught how to manage these things. So when you have money put to the side and something does come up, it feels great to be able to say, I got the money ready. It's right here. It's literally right here. We have to make sure we do that. There's, there's, a, there's an app that I use. It's called Marcus. Marcus uh, Goldman, by Goldman Sachs. Great Great APY, great percentage rate that comes back every single month. So put money in there. I'll have all the links down in the description below for y'all, bro. All right. Next thing, and I have a whole episode on this as well, is build your credit. It's important to build your credit up, bro. Your credit is literally literally your financial report card. It tells people what, you know, where you stand. It tells people, you know, can we trust this person to pay us back? That's literally at the at the the base of what it is. That's what it is. Can we trust this dude to pay us back? It goes all the way up to 800, right? The, it's, the best score is around like 700 to 740. Make sure that you build this stuff up. Get you a credit card. I'm going to have all the links in, in the description below for you guys to be able to go check out and learn how to do this stuff on your own because it is important. It is important to be able to have this, this stuff in your in – your, um, in your backpack to be able to pull out and say, you know what I'm saying? I know exactly where I can go find this stuff at. All right. Make sure you build that credit up. Next thing is investing for the future. Okay. Now, if you have a job, right, there's something called a 401k that's generally through your work. Okay. I have a 401k as well. I also have an IRA. So literally go to Fidelity, open up an IRA. It's tax. It's a tax-free retirement plan. And all you got to do is sign up, give your information. Every month, put in $50. Every two weeks, put in $50 if you can afford it. And then when I put it in perspective, this is what I do. I say, can I, can I put $20 in here this month? Can I put $50 in here this month? And generally, I can. Generally, I can. And generally, you can. Right? And this is why. You go out to eat. You spend money on drinks. You spend money on the movies. You spend money on the, all these subscriptions. There's so many things that you could that you could put your money that you could, that you're putting your money to that you could be investing into your life. When I go to um, the store, I go to Target or I go to Kroger or I go somewhere and I see old people working. OK, the first thing I think about is, man, they, they definitely made some bad financial decisions. Because we, we, we never think we're going to get older. We always think that we're going to be just where we at and that everything is going to be cool. And that time is, is just going to, you know, be exactly how you need it to be. And that's not true. Time's going to come really quickly. 
for you to for you to actually save money for your retirement, you need to take care of your finances. You need to open up an IRA. You need to make sure you have a 401k with your job. Now, the, now one of the most toxic things that I ever heard, right, it was on it was on like TikTok or something. It was a while back. I think it was like 2021 or something like that. And this dude was like, bro, I ain't never getting, I'm never going to open up an IRA. I ain't never going to get a 401k because I'm, I'm trying to be rich. Now, I don't know if you guys know the numbers, but the people who are rich are 1%, less than 1% of people. Even, even NBA players, NFL players, they go broke. They're in the 1% of people. And the reason why they go broke is because why? We're not taught these things. We're not taught how to take care of our finances. We're not taught to how to invest into our future. We think that exactly how things are going now is how everything's going to be forever. And that's not true. That is not true, bro. It's so far from true. So we need to make sure that we take care of these things. To, to, to round that up, okay, first thing you need to do is spend less than you make. Second thing you need to do is you need to budget your money, bro. Like I said, I'm going to have all the links down in the description for you guys to be able to see. The number three, create an emergency fund. Make sure you have money put aside, bro. Please make sure you got money put aside because things happen to everybody. You're not special. I was one of those people that was like, oh, nothing's going to happen to me. Next thing I know, my car gets stolen. Next thing I know, my scooter gets stolen. Didn't have money put aside that was able to, that I was able to fall back on to replace those things. So make sure that you have an emergency fund. Lastly, or second to lastly, build your credit up. Get you a credit card. Use your credit card like a debit card. Make sure you're, make sure you're, please make sure if you get a credit card, G, please make sure that you don't spend the money that you don't have. That goes back into spending less than you have. Put in perspective that your credit card is literally your debit card, but it makes your credit go up. So once you swipe that card, make sure you pay it off. Don't don't go on to eBay. Don't go on to Amazon. And tell yourself, I'm going to buy this, this shirt that I can't afford. It's $125 Louis V, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Make sure that you spend it on things that you would already buy. You go to Chipotle after the gym. Make sure you swipe your credit card. You, go to, you were going to go to Walmart to get groceries that you were going to use your debit card on. You use your debit card. It's literally that simple. Now, the reason why I have to tell you this and it seems so basic is because we aren't taught any of this stuff. We're, we're not taught any of this stuff. We're taught how to spend the money, but we're not taught how to manage and invest in ourselves. Okay. Lastly, invest in your future. Get an IRA, right? Make sure you have a 401k at your job. Make sure that, that you have something that is helping you when you're get, when you get older. Once you hit 75 years old, bro, you're not going to be the same ex-athlete that you used to be at 20 at 22, 25. You're not going to be able to think as as aggressively. Think and if think about how um how how literally the workforce is now, how competitive it is, how difficult it is. You have to literally you have to critically think to make any kind of money. 
You have to think very deeply. You have to think how to make you have to make decisions. At 75 years old, you're going to be going through 50 years of having to use your brain to use to do difficult things to get by, to make something of yourself. At 75 years old, you're going to want to relax. You're going to want to chill. So the best thing that you can do is invest now. So when you are 75, you're not old Billy sitting at Walmart. Greeting people at the door. Okay? That simple. Now, we got some, some frequently asked questions. Right? Some frequently asked questions. Now, the first one that I have here, it says, um, I, got, I, I literally went online and found some questions on Quora. So if you guys know where Quora is, it's a, it's a thing where they, people go on there and they ask a bunch of questions and they get them answered. Okay? And someone literally said, why is financial education important? Okay? Now, I typed some answers to, the, to these here, and these are, my, these are my answers. I'm going to read them verbatim for you. I said financial education is important because it teaches people how to manage their money and make informed financial decisions. It can help individuals avoid debt and financial stress as well as achieve their financial goals. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Now, now, the, re- <laughs> the reason I needed to answer this question is because I'm like, bro, that, that's how that's where we are to where people don't even know why it's important for for them to even understand financial finances. They don't even know they don't even understand it. They know how to spend the money, right? If you if you went to the government, right, and you said, "Hey, why is spending money important?" They're going to say, "Oh, well, you know, it keeps the economy going." If you say, "Hey, government, why um why is uh Making sure that I can manage my finances and financial education, why is that important? They're going to say, oh, we don't, we don't know. We don't, we don't really think that's important. You know, just make sure you spend as much money as you can so you can make sure that you pay the taxes on the money and that you know, the, 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 the systems and processes and things of how we conduct things is going to continue to stay the exact same and continue to flow and, into, into things that we need it to be. Okay? So, Boom. The next question that I had here and that, that someone asked is, how can I learn more about financial education? Literally, bro, there's so many, there are so many resources that you have. You can go online. You can watch these videos, right? I'll give you the basics until, until I can get some guests on here that are able to give you guys more information. I'm going to make sure that I give you guys the basics and, and actually share this message with you. Because literally, you, we don't even know the basics. So what you could do is you could go online, type in financial education. How can I learn more about finances? What can I do to A, B, C, D, E, F, G? How to build my credit. There are so many things. There's something called NerdWallet. You're able to go on NerdWallet.com. You could find all kinds of stuff on there. I'm, like I said, I'm going to have all the, uh, the information down in the description for you guys. All right? Someone also asked... What are some common financial mistakes to avoid? Literally, this is what I said. Common financial mistakes, they include overspending, failing to save for emergencies, taking on too much debt, and failing to invest for the future. It's important to avoid these mistakes in order to achieve financial stability and success. I stated, overall, financial education is a critical life skill everyone has to learn. 
While schools may not prioritize te- the teaching, individuals such as yourself can take proactive steps to learn about managing their finances on their own. Now, you guys have to understand that these mistakes are so commonly made because of the world that we live in, because we grew up in an environment and in a society that has a government that does not care rather whether you know how to manage your finances or not because they benefit off of it. They benefit off of the fact that you go to school, you get a four-year degree for $100,000 in a communications major, in a gender studies major, in a major that is not going to help you pay that. Dude, some dude, people die without even getting their, their stuff paid off. The thing is, is once you if you have debt, bro, and you pass away, that that debt gets passed on to the next person that doesn't just disappear. So you have if you have one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars in debt and and education fees. Because you wanted to go to Xavier and you wanted to study how to be how to do gender studies and now you work a customer service job. You're not going to be able to pay that off. You're going to be working two or three jobs. That's the, that's the first thing, and that's the reason why I'm not going to go back to school. I tried to go back to school. I, I went to Ohio State last year, went back to school, did it for a year, got caught cheating. I'll admit it, but I work a full-time job. I was staying up late nights, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I wasn't retaining information because I work a very intense job, right, a very mentally taxing job. Then had to go to, to school and try to retain information that I haven't been taught. Dude, it was algebra. It was like it was like pre-college algebra. But to me, it was difficult because I'm like, bro, like it's hard because I'm I just spent eight hours at work. I work at a, a work from home job that is a, a tech company. It is a very taxing mentally job, mentally taxing job. And you guys wanted me to learn how to do dumb algebra. What is this doing for me? I came back to school to, to finish the degree. I had a, like a year and a half left. which all my, tr- my stuff didn't get transferred over. I w- so I went from Fordham to Ohio State, and they were like, oh, well, we don't take half of these things anyway, so we're, you're going to have to go. I think it was like a, two years, something like that. Two and a half. Like, yeah, we can, we can get you back. So when I tried to apply again, they were like, oh, it's going to be $7,000 now because you'd make too much money. So I said, I ain't going back. That's where they trap you, $7,000. So we, ha- we have to make better financial decisions. We have to be smart. We can't think in the moment and allow someone to, to determine what we need to do with our lives. You'll go to your advisor and they'll hype up the fact that you're, oh, you're almost done with your degree. But then once you get that degree, wh- what happens? Where do you go? You get the same job, right, that someone who doesn't have a degree has. Because what you'll understand is that they, they, they value people who are different who can critically think you can critically think without a degree a degree doesn't help you critically think a degree puts you into a box with the same people that have the same degree now there are some now if let's say let's say you go stem right you went stem or you're going you're, you're going to finish with stem that's different that's going to put you you know if you want to go be a doctor or you want to go be a lawyer or you want to go you know do, do whatever you need to do lawyers different nowadays because it's so it's so drowned in, in people. Unless you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. 
it's going to be very difficult for you to be able to be successful as a lawyer. But if you're going to be an engineer, a doctor, you know, a, a computer scientist or, you know, what I'm saying a coder or whatever, that's good. That's different because that's going to help you be able to make that money. But if you go in some broad type of degree, it's not going to help you or put you in a position to be able to pay that debt off. Now, this stuff is important, bro. And you need to learn how to avoid those mistakes. You need to learn how to avoid them. And what were they again? They were failing to save for emergencies, overspending, taking on too much debt, and failing to invest for the future. We need to make sure that we do all, th- all four of these. We need to make sure that we don't overspend. We need to make sure that we make sure that we f- save for, our emerg- for the emergencies, don't take on too much debt, and invest for our future. That's literally how, how simple it is. And the fact that they don't teach us that in school is insane to me. And as you saw, who was, who was in control of that stuff? We saw exactly who was controlling it. And that's the issue. So like I said, we'll make sure that we invest for our future. We'll build our credit. Create an emergency fund, which is important. Budget and spend less than you can make. Now make sure you guys like the video. Hit the subscribe button. Share this video to everybody that you know. You know what I'm saying? It's D'Angelo Paladino, man. I'll see y'all on Monday. D'Angelo out. Peace. <laughs>